Hello, everyone. This is Chris Triplett with that Astra and coming at you again with another Astra Share podcast. And t- today I'm in, uh, really joined by a great individual, Glenn McGee, up at University of New Haven. And Glenn's going to talk to us today just, just about his experience during this time uh, with COVID 19 and really working with rallying the troops there uh, up in Connecticut. So, Glenn, I'll have you introduce yourself. Well, Chris, I'm the deputy provost at the University of New Haven. I'm actually relatively new to that position and relatively new to the Astra products and relatively new to administration in general. I'm actually a bioethics <laughs> professor uh, if I show my real stripes. So I spend most of my time <laughs> working on the kind of emergencies that we're dealing with uh, with, with the coronavirus, but sort of on the medical side. Uh, but yeah. I'm... I'm uh, a philosopher by training and really, really happy to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you jumping in. And that's, that's a fun background, especially in, like you said, in light of what's going on right now with uh, the bioethics and what's going in with all yeah. of that. So yeah. um, kind of curious on that end. Um, are you, so are you still teaching as well as with your current role? I teach a little bit. Um, a little bit. I mostly do little short sessions, you know, on bioethics okay. whenever issues come yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So, so kind of talk to me about, you know, what's been going through your head over the last couple of weeks as you've been trying to sort out all the details of, of really how to wrap our heads around what's happening in the, in the nation, in the world right now. Well, you know, like everybody, I'm shut in all of a sudden, and mm-hmm. I find myself, uh, in my case, actually, I'm shut in with the dean of our school of health sciences, who is my wife. Fantastic. Uh, so we've taken up, you know, I'm up here in the stratosphere, and she's down there on the first floor of our yep. our little house in West Haven, Connecticut. Um, we we I think like everybody who's sort of involved in running a university, we've had a lot of opportunity to rethink uh, just about all of how we do business and you know necessity is the mother of invention so um, particularly from the perspective of someone who's really taken on the task of rethinking how we register students how we plan their progress and how we use our available classroom space Um, we had just begun that process with the Astra uh, schedule and the platinum analytics products about Mm -hmm. uh, I guess it seems like a hundred years ago but it's really only about (laughs) nine months ago right so we, we we had the opportunity to rethink everything about using our space. Uh, And then uh, the virus happened, right? And so we had just finished planning our very first schedule uh, and learning all kinds of of new things, frankly, about how to analyze patterns and student progress and, you know, sort of what to do when you're trying to analyze the resources that are at stake in those choices uh, when it stopped mattering and all that mattered, (laughs) (laughs) you know, for us all of a sudden was how to get every single one of our 1500 sections for our roughly 7,000 students online right now. And so like every other university in America, we've done that in about mm-hmm. two weeks. Um, we've asked a lot of our faculty, uh, but just in the last few days, we've also had to rethink registration and advising and so on. And so here it is for us, the, the beginning of April, if I can t- take you back to a month or so to the beginning of March, in, in a period of about 30 days, we went from thinking, let's put off the process of yeah. registration because, you know, students are going through this too. Right. Uh, we, we don't know whether any or all of those students are going to elect 
one of our different grading structures we've put up or whether they're going to need to repeat courses. We've got plenty of courses in engineering and in health science and so on where, where, where they're tool dependent, right? So students who don't have access to those tools are not going to be able to finish the classes. So we may very well have to offer a considerable number of additional sections that allow students to repeat. And, and, and here's the really scary thing. We might have to add terms. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then yeah. you take into account, of course, also the fact that any of us could be sick, you know, heaven forbid. Right. And so at mm -hmm. every university in America, a big piece of planning around the logistics of offering classes is having contingency plans for faculty. Uh, so, you know, all of a sudden, to put it in a nutshell, we had to rebuild our schedule. And we didn't even know when to begin registration and advising. And so we've sort of learned from the industry best practice, if you can call it that at this point, seems to be to get the students into the process sooner. And so mm -hmm. over a period of about 72 hours, uh, we've pivoted from our previous schedule and its use of space to a completely new one. Um, and among the contingencies that we like a, many other growing small privates are experiencing is construction delays. So we had mm -hmm. planned to open a brand new building in May that's, we call it an innovation center. Um, we had planned to open a whole new health sciences building and we have a brand new building uh, on the shore of Long Island Sound uh, called Canal Dock. And all of those projects are unlikely now to be finished, or at least we needed to plan as though they wouldn't. So, you know, just from what I've said, you can imagine the challenge that poses. Right? Absolutely. So we've, we've had contests for faculty to use the sort of new maker space style spaces and so on. And so uh -huh. we've, got, we've got anxious students, anxious faculty and a virus. Uh, <laughs> just a few things, right? Just, just a, a few, few things, things, right? The whole kitchen sink. And, and, and it's, it's really for us, it's been a real challenge, but everyone, and I know I hear this everywhere, everyone is rising to the challenge. Uh, from our president down to the people who are taking care of the mailroom, everyone has recognized that we have serious resource limitations, mm -hmm. that these are logistical challenges that are unprecedented. And of course, most of all, that all of our services for our students and faculty are all going to have to be provided virtually, including from some offices that just would never have thought yeah. of doing it in that way, right? So yeah. we're all sitting around a virtual table. Uh, several hours of every day making these changes. And, and I'm actually quite happy to tell you that today we formally opened even earlier than we would originally have done so our registration process. So oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's fantastic. You got it up there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm really happy. I mean, frankly, it's, it, I was very glad that you asked me to, to, to come on and talk with you uh, because I think this is, in a weird sort of way, the acid test, the, the, the best possible way that you could test the viability of a statistically based solution, right? A, a tool that would allow you to make changes that maybe you would have made anyway. We were thinking, for example, about moving from our normal Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, Thursday schedule for most of our undergraduate courses to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule mm -hmm. with reduced hours, thinking about reducing the number of weeks in our calendar, thinking about going to a quarter or trimester, you know, virtually anything you can imagine sure. was on the table. Now, um, it's, it, everything's an emergency. So it has right. been phenomenal to be able to rely not just on both of the sort of Astra product lines, but also on the people that work with your organization. So Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you because I think um, if you wanted to analyze why it's important to move from the 
sort of utterly manual system of scheduling for, you know, potentially thousands of sections to something like this. I think this is the real answer. It's that, that, you know, a, a product like this that works is a solution. It's not just, you know, Right, right. And, and to your point, it's, it's the product and, and the people, right? It's, it's the motivation to, to work within the system. And, and I do think to your, to your point as well, the, the whole idea of being able to do scenario modeling in a tool that can be super helpful and not super restrictive yeah. um, can, can really add you know, leaps and bounds to your ability to uh, pivot quickly as, as you've had to, as everyone's had to around yeah. this that, that's fantastic. Now, now you'd mentioned the, you know, everyone around a virtual table with the remote working and, um, you know, imagining in, in Connecticut, and as you and I chatted before, fully remote, right? So, right, so right. talk to me about kind of that experience and how your staff and those around you have kind of either jumped on board to that or how you've been able to kind of build out uh, the same kinds of relationships virtually that you've had on, on ground for the last you know, several, several months. Well, I think, I mean, in part, uh, the fact that we were already gathered kind of as a community to rethink the process of allocation of classroom space and to rethink how we're going to run registration and, you know, how to integrate uh, our need to make sure that classes are available for students to make uh, satisfactory academic progress. That, that, that fact made it a little easier than it might have been. But again, I really am I think when we look back historically at this COVID thing and the way mm -hmm. it transformed higher education, a big part of what at least I hope we remember is the way that it brought out um, sort of the best in everybody, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. it, at one level, you know, if you're cynical, you could say, well, everybody's just sitting at home at this point, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> least, binge watching Netflix and doing those kinds of things, right? Right, yeah. right. But I think that's not what's happening. Mm -hmm. I think, I, my experience has been just phenomenal amounts of dedication and imaginative uh, work. And, and also, I think, um, folks have been willing, at least in our institution, to look to leaders for inspiration. I mean, it, you know, I'm actually, I'm just the proxy leader of this project. And Lord knows I'm not the person in charge of the <laughs> analytics. Um, you know, I'm trained as a philosopher. So this is, mm -hmm. this all has been for me an adventure in understanding how people think about their things. But again, what's great about having a tool that doesn't force any particular philosophy on you is that you can, you know, you, you can essentially test any scenario you'd like to see modeled. And so our people have, I think, had to deal with a considerable amount of stress, not just within their work lives, but obviously, you know, the, the, the projections that so many, not just in academia, but in every industry are going to be laid off for some brief period mm -hmm. of time. Um, mm -hmm. That's creating a huge amount of stress for just about everybody. And in that same context, I think people are even more attuned to the fact that college students at every level are really in need at this point of hope, of, of uh, not just hope that they'll be able to return to class, but hope that what their institution is doing will remain forward-looking, that they you know, can, can expect from us that we'll be pretty good at managing this chaos uh, so that when they get back, they're going to get the full experience. Yeah, and I love the way that you put that. I think hope is such a, uh, a great way to phrase it, and I think just to be able to have the student's hopes realized at, at that point, and, and the more faith that they have in the institution going through a crisis, you know, any crisis or any, anyone out there uh, that happens is, is going to make them even feel better about returning to the classroom yeah, or returning yeah. to, you know, uh, just feeling confident in, in their, in their people that are around them 
every single day at the institution. So I think that you're right on. I think the hope is is definitely there. I, and I think the, for for the majority, the vast majority of, of higher institutions, at least that I've talked to and the folks, the colleagues that I've worked with, I mean, I think everyone's trying to pivot, pivot well, instill that hope and get things out there. And it's not just managing, but it's trying to thrive in a time that is is one that uh, might be hard to do that. And, yeah. And I, at the same time, and I, I almost can't overstate this, um, we can kid ourselves that institutions are seen by students, are, you know, the people that we serve in the same way, but they're not, right? Everybody, mm -hmm. the emperors have no clothes at this point. Um, the students are getting used to messages that are profoundly personal from presidents, but also from their own individual faculty members. You know, yesterday I, I was listening to a story about one faculty member in our institution who, who doesn't have a cell phone doesn't have a computer, mm. um, you know, and, and this is the true everywhere around the, yeah. the, the country and the world. There are going to be people who, who frankly, um, just never planned on this level of technology. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the degree to which students who probably gotten used to the idea, you know, that the, our, what we call the one stop where they're dealing with bills and, and doing their registration and so on, that, that, that organization is kind of impersonal, right? It might be doing a yep. good job, might be very friendly, but it's not people. It's, it's an experience, a transaction. Everything is personal now. Absolutely. So, you know, to some degree, I think those of us who work in our institution, which is a pretty good size, uh, medium size, let's say comprehensive private, um, we we probably are aware that we're kind of a family business sort of friendly place, sure. but now that's what I think shows. And I think the students, you know, for example, when we pivoted on registration, it was four or five days ago, we said, yep, you know, registration is going to be delayed about two weeks. And then we had to reconsider it. We moved it up early, as I said. Um, the reaction, you know, on Facebook from the parents, the reaction from students directly, it wasn't, oh my God, what's with this chaos, right? Which is what we would have expected normally when we were mm -hmm. in transactional mode. Now it's, okay, we get it, you know? Yeah. We're all sitting at home too. <laughs> right. And uh, this is how it is. So, you know, I am just so moved by the things that I'm seeing, by parents who, you know, are putting, putting pieces of paper on their kids' bedroom doors that say, you know, University of New Haven, Miami branch, right? Um, <laughs> That's and, awesome. I right, love that. We're currently, we're working on a video that I think a lot of universities are doing for their own students. We're doing a video where people are essentially saying to our students, you got this, right? Like, yeah, we're here for you and so on. You got, and they're candid videos, right? Where, you know, it's professor so-and-so and their cat or, uh, sure. uh, right? <laughs> the band director, but yeah. So, you know, I think that is going to make the real difference. It's, it's at one level, we want to stay ahead. And obviously the most critical thing for us is that we are able to pivot, as you put it, immediately when we realize, for example, whether our summer classes are going to end up being online, whether we actually have a, a, a fall, you know, we, nobody right. knows. We're, we're all yeah. just kind of watching this unfold. And I, I think, you know, that's critical, but much, much more important for the retention of students, for maximizing their ability to succeed. It's going to be now, um, I think, uh, our ability to interact with people in a profoundly unprecedented time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think to your point, it's the personalization, it's, it's meeting the students, meeting the faculty, meeting just everyone that's a part of the process where they are. I, I mean, really, and, and being able to, to know 
the know your audience, so to speak. I mean, to be cliche, but to be able to to talk through that. And I think you know one of the other things that I know you've shared before, but it's that idea that it's 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 okay not to know everything. It's okay not to to uh, have all of the answers, but in that same respect, you, you've got to be willing to dig in and do the work to make sure that everyone has what they need to make sure that everyone has um, that personalized touch as well that that's going to uh, keep them engaged and and because I think engagement is probably one of those things as we kind of joked about before but truly I mean if you're at home and you're not used to that aspect that you can be kind of sidelined by all the distractions that could be there whether it's you've got kids at home you've got animals at home to your point about the cat yep. you've got all those kinds of things and it's it's being able to um, still continue living the day-to-day uh in a new environment sometimes absolutely absolutely yeah so what what to to that point you know what what could be a few things that maybe uh some leaders in higher ed or just folks that are are all serving the same purpose of helping out the the students right now um what are some things maybe that they they aren't thinking about that new haven has or you have or some things you've read or heard about that maybe could be some some good uh, things to ponder uh, at, at during these times for those folks? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's rapidly becoming a uh, truism, but I think the sort of state that I'm most frequently finding myself in is reminding the people that I work with that they should be kind to themselves, that they should be patient. Um, you know, in my field, bioethics, a lot of people who've written about this are having to focus on rationing. Who's going to get a ventilator? Who's going to get this? Mm-hmm. It's very stark, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. But, but another part of this is to consider what this experience really is. It's grief, right? I mean, as people were sort of reluctant to stay indoors, they've said, this isn't really going to happen. We can't let the economy do this and that and other thing. It's grief, right? We're saying no. The first step of grief in my field anyway is denial, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and, and I think that actually is true for universities as organizations too. There's so many people right now who are facing uh, likely furloughs and cutbacks and so on because private institutions in particular, but every university in America is having to really rethink where it's spending money. And I, I, if I had to give a single piece of advice to any colleague who's working, uh, you know, in, in a provost office, it would be to be profoundly patient, not just with those that you work with, but with yourself. Because, you know, we're all having to work maybe 10 times as hard with much, much longer hours, at least up here in New England. Um, and, and, you know, days blend into nights. There's no such thing as a weekend anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know, so in that environment, I think it's, it's tempting for a lot of managers to say, hey, I'm going to go watch a webinar about how to get my people to spend more time working. For this period of time, for, for you know, for the time after an emergency, you just can't do that. Yep. Um, I was a professor at University of Pennsylvania when 9-11 happened and, you know, half the students in my my class the next day uh, had family members who were in one mm. of the Twin Towers. I mean, you know, and, and the, the university just kind of shut down for a little while mm-hmm. after 2008, you know, when universities were facing an unbelievable crisis, 2008, 2009, uh, universities sort of rethought things. But but we always seem to launch right back into the same productivity model that suggests that we have to all uh, be capable of this pivot we were talking about. Yep. Absolutely. And we're not, we're just not, you know, yep. we're not. So yep. I, think, I think being comfortable with yourself is important from a man, you know, from the other side of things, from a logistics and management perspective, I also think it's, it's critically important at this point to be open to new voices. 
um, this is a time, frankly, when in higher education administration, almost all of the good ideas for dealing with a crisis of this kind are going to come not just from your wisest managers, but from some of those who are breeding the new ideas, right? The mm-hmm. ones who, so, you know, just in the last few hours and across even the last few weeks, but, but particularly just today, um, a lot of the questions that we're dealing with in terms of what should we do during the summer? What kinds of things can we offer to increase our yield? Should we offer all our accepted students, you know, free courses that are mm-hmm. online? Sure. Um, those are ideas that, you you know, somebody would have brought to a table and, and the wizened old leadership would have considered it and probably <laughs> sure. eventually said yes, but a year later, right? Right. Um, under these circumstances, if you aren't welcoming new voices to the table, you're probably not going to make it. Um, so I think, you know, that's the yeah. other side of it is there's not everybody grieves the same way. Right. Um, so it's been very helpful to me to, to have the voices in my ear be in large part people who have uh, a real thirst for remaking the university. Yeah, no, I, I love that too. And, and I think, you know, I, I really believe that to, to the point, I, I think you're making at the very beginning that as we push through this time and, and we move outward and, and who knows how long, you know, we'll be in this kind of restrictive nature that we're in right now, but it's, it's going to make, I think, as, as people pivot, as people work through this together and they come together in community to really think of new ideas, breed new ideas, and, and act on them quickly, it's just going to make a stronger higher ed community in general. I really feel that way. Um, and a more connected one. I, I feel like, you know, with things like these podcasts, and I know other uh, uh, folks are doing similar types of things across the board, I, I really think that it's just going to make the ability to collaborate not only uh, you know, in your own organization, but outside of that in the industry, so much, so much better, so much stronger. Um, so I, once again, Glenn, I know we've, we've chatted for a while here and, and I appreciate you sharing your thoughts today and being a voice that other people can hear that, that are going to jump on and listen to this. But are, are there any closing thoughts, statements that you might want to share um, prior to just kind of wrapping up today? Well, I I think, you know, one of the things that's been really important to me as I've gone on this sort of ad astro voyage um, has been the mindset that you adopt when you begin to think about how all of the different resources and all the different stakeholders can be treated, you know, frankly, as a a problem of flexible analytics. And Mm -hmm. um, it has been really, really gratifying to me to see the additional abilities that we now have to plan progress for our students so that they can reliably expect that courses will be offered not just when they need them but also you know in the right sequence and at the right times and with the best professors and so on and you know it's tools both for student success and also for just straight up registration mm-hmm. uh, that, that enable us to think differently and so you know I guess I, I think for those who are thinking about what they want to put together I would strongly encourage that this this task, this what we think of as, as you know, often as just a, a mechanical activity sure. of putting things in spaces, that it be a team task, that you get mm. your best thinkers around this and spend some real time thinking of it as an experiment in improving the quality of the institution's teaching, because that, that's what we've done and it's worked. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Glenn. Well, I appreciate you once again jumping in and, and doing this during the time. Um, oh, and, and once again, great chat and uh, hoping that for those that are listening uh, now and in the future, 
Um, if you do have questions, feel free to, to reach out to us and we more than happy to, to help you out. And Glenn, once again, thank you so much for your time today. And I wish you all the best as we, uh, as you open up registration and you're ready to rock for, for fall 20 and summer 20. So thanks so much. Uh,